Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Northern Kentucky High School Football Show, as generic as that name is. I like it. I like the Frojo. No, I don't know about that. It sounds like a yogurt. It does. Uh, this is the week one episode, and you know we got a lot to get to tonight. My co-host for this venture is none other than Joe Daneman, Fox 19 Sports Director, Friday Night Football aficionado, an avid fan of the one-on-one with Stevie Fro podcast. I've listened to every episode from front to back. The only multiple-time guest as well. This is number three. This is. Well, I mean, it's going to be a regular thing. So. It is. Nobody covers the football like like you do, Joe, with your flair, except Don Weber. We have to bring him back out for get something in this show Goat. at some point. Don Weber. Yes. Yeah. Also with us uh, running the board, as always, is Jeremy Ziegler, who's in charge of making us sound good and knowing things that no one else knows. Um, this show is also his brainchild, so we're very thankful to him. While leading up to the football season in the area, it's been a long time coming, obviously. You know, we're excited to come at you each week with highlights of previous week's games, as well as covering the matchups for the coming week. And it's our hope to provide a unique perspective to what is the pageantry of Friday Night Football. So covering some of the matchups for this week, um, number one on the list here, we've got Covenant Holy Cross at the Bellevue Tigers. Both teams were 2-9 and nine last year. Coach Kazerski's Indians, you know, they've... I could say one thing about this group. They've been waiting for this year for a couple years now. They've played a lot of young kids over the last two seasons with the hopes that playing, this, playing these young kids, getting them some experience and getting them ready. It's just a, a cyclical thing for them with a group of guys that graduated a bunch of guys that went to a Final Four. It was in 2016. And all of a sudden, they get this influx of young talent, man, and they've had to play them. And they, these kids are good players, you know, leading off with uh, Brandon McClendon. I mean, this guy, he's a stud, you know, 100 and, or 1,118 yards receiving last year, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions on defense. That's just incredible. Uh, he's going to be a senior. Obviously, like I said, we're waiting for this group, right? Offense will be led, per the stats here, by Javier Eisen, who had 1,073 passing yards last year. And, you know, defensively, you got senior Donovan Moses had 83 tackles on D, leading that group. When I went to watch Holy Cross last year, and this is happening every single time when I go to a high school football game because these guys change over every single year, and I really don't learn too much about them until I see them play. Yeah, I don't get to practices as much as I'd like. I get to games, and I see them from the sideline. When I saw Brandon McClendon last year, I saw him make one play, and I said to the coach, oh, he's different. He's different. He's different. He's a special kid. He's not big, but he is dynamite. He's electric with the ball in the air, making plays defensively, making plays offensively. The two times I saw Holy Cross play last year, he was the most dynamic athlete on the field. Javier Eisen, the quarterback, a guy they put in last year to get some snaps, to get used to playing quarterback. Now he's had that under his belt. Yeah, exactly. That'll make a difference this year, you would think. And you talk about Bellevue now, and they're hosting this game, a team who, like Holy Cross, had only two wins last season, but they now have a second-year coach, C.C. Wood, an alumnus at Bellevue High School, seven returning seniors. And that makes such a big difference when you talk about high school football. But whenever I think of Bellevue, I think of one of the best venues that I enjoy going to, especially this time of year in September, where the sun is still out. It's setting over Cincinnati right there on the riverfront. I enjoy going down there every time I get to go to Bellevue, especially when it's dry and it's supposed to be dry this weekend. It's not fun in the rain there. It gets miserable (laughs) in the rain. Although last time I was there, it was the battle for the paddle. And a nice gentleman on the sideline was my personal escort with an umbrella. 
up and down the sideline. I shouted him out that night on the show. So, yeah, I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something about Bellevue talked about uh, Gilligan Stadium that I can remember going to watch Dayton Bellevue games there when I was a little kid. Uh, my uncle was in a band. You know, my other uncle who lived with us had, you know, a friend on the team. He was the quarterback. He's now the football coach at Dayton, Jesse Herbst. Uh, we grew up, you know, watching the Dubells play. So, I'd lo- like we talked before we went on air, you know, Davis Field at Dayton, you know, talking about venues like that in, in Gilligan Stadium at Bellevue. Love it. And been there forever. Yes. Well, that's a new deal. That's a new deal stadium from the Newport, well, the Newport Ludlow Bellevue. It was that Franklin Roosevelt New Deal. Right. They got the funding for that. Awesome. Pretty cool. And Lake Cumberland all at once. And it makes great for what we do. <laughs> yes. On a Friday night. If you park yourself at Bellevue High School and Newport's at home or New Cath is playing at Newport, boy, you can just park your car and walk back and forth awesome. and get all the highlights you need. That is an A plus A plus for local TV. Yeah, we got uh, you know, Bellevue returning Colton Hissong, uh, two hundred and sixty five receiving yards last year with three touchdowns in two interceptions on D. So, you know, hopefully there as well, he can be a catalyst for the offense and the defense for the Bellevue Tigers. I mean, two teams who won two games last year, somebody's going to start with one win and feel good about themselves to get the year going. You're right. And, you know, and Coach Wood, who I've known for a long time, was a hell of a player at Bellevue. He's got a lot of pride in his community. You know, he's got a lot of pride repping that Bellevue Tiger on his chest. And no one wants to win more than CC does. I can assure you of that. And that goes from the time working in the youth league and now being the head coach all these years later. So, you know, wishing them luck on that deal. And I think that's important because you talked about it with a lot of people on the one-on-one podcast so far. Aaron Stam mentioned it. When kids play for Ludlow, when kids play for Bellevue, the area they grew up in, you know, a lot of times people overlook them a little bit. When they put that uniform on, I think it does make a big difference. Huge difference. I love going to the Dayton games, the Bellevue games, because look, we got to go to the Covcast and the Simon Kentons and the Highlands and across the river at Elder and Moeller. We got to yeah. go to all those games. But going to these games, when we show up, the excitement people have to be on television, it's a difference maker to me. I love oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, next game we got on the docket here, we've got the Newport Wildcats, who were 8-4 and four last year under Coach... Joey Wynn um, going out to play a Bishop roster team led by the fighting Paul Wiggins. Uh, they were seven and five last year. Great matchup here, I think. Obviously, Newport, very athletic. Um, Coach Wynn, they, they like to spread the ball out. They always have a dynamic quarterback. Their system is really set up to spread it out, run around the corners, you know, get, a, get a, something sneaky in on you. They're really sound when it comes to that. Um, be interesting to see, though, defensively, this Bishop Rossert group under Coach Wiggins, really, really fundamental. Um, he's done a hell of a job out there, you know, coming into a tough situation years back and has built this up. And they've had, you know, winning season last year. They've had a bunch of winning years. First playoff win last year. Yeah, awesome. You know, and, and, and Newport's coming off the same kind of deal. You know, they had a playoff win for the first time in, what, five years last year. He lost 11 seniors, though, right, off the Newport team. Returned a lot of skill guys, though. Simon Keating, 874 receiving yards last year. Caleb Thompson, a junior, um, kind of the second guy coming back with the most yards. And then the running back combo of James Martin and Andrew Rath uh, should be pretty solid as well. I enjoy watching Joe's teams down there. I've been down to watch him play Newcath and, uh, gosh, I don't even remember who else, but I've seen him play four or five times. They, they run an exciting offense. I guess I can say that for sure. And like your business right now, the offense is what 
keeps coaches hired and what goes on the TV. It gets kids on TV, no <laughs> questions, but gets kids on TV. And also also having really cool venues and having great atmospheres. Have you been to Bishop Brossert's? I have not, and we wanted to talk about that. Is there, it's an A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable this venue. Faci- this football facility is, oh, I'm sure it's a soccer as well, but uh, it's a football show. I but. had a hard time finding it the first time. I was driving around last year. I'm like, I know where Bishop Brossard is. I'm like, okay, that's not at the school. <laughs> where is where is the actual location at? So if you're going down Alexandria Pike and mm-hmm. you go left up to Bishop Brossard, you have to keep going, and I believe it's to the right. Awesome. So I had to go down the right, and then you could see it. The great thing is about a high school football Friday night, especially later in the year when it's dark outside, it's almost like Field of Dreams as you're following the lights. You can see the lights on the horizon. I love that part just of going right down the yeah, road to find it when it gets dark early at and the end of October and yes. you're going to the football game and it's nothing but the lights on especially really if cool. you're on the road and you don't really know you're like when we would go on the road for the playoffs and the light just kind of brings you in yeah like the field of dreams and so said. then the parking lot is up top and it goes down a little mm-hmm. bit you got to go down some steps to get there which I think kind of creates a great atmosphere and then you look at both of these teams two teams we mentioned made the playoffs one of the playoffs last year now can they build on that success going forward I think that's important, yes. you know, for these programs, Newport and Bishop Brossard, building themselves into being contenders every year, not just to get there and have winning seasons, but do a little damage in the You're playoffs. Sure. And I can certainly see that coming for Bishop Brossard. If you put that kind of investment into that facility, you're certainly investing into your kids. Well, and also they've redistricted. They're in a new district this year. So I would imagine, to be honest with you, be a lot more competitive there. I mean, they come in. You know, the third highest ranked Northern Kentucky team in the 1A preview off of Cal Preps, um, returning Jacob Light, 698 passing yards last year with 568 rushing yards, dual threat quarterback. Um, Trevor Shadler, 475 passing yards, 748 rushing yards. You know, there are options there. And like I said, these are disciplined kids, they're fundamental kids, they are system oriented, uh, they do a really good job out there. You know, getting these kids ready and motivated to play. That would be a very interesting matchup. Another fun fact is Paul Wiggins is a teacher at Newport High School. See, there you go. Is this is a this is a game for blood and and whatever <laughs> rights. Bragging rights. Bragging rights. Get I these love kids that. back at school and coach is gonna wear his green Bishop Brosser. As he should. Polo. So uh, moving on down to the Ryle at Boone County game. Very interesting matchup here. Uh, Coach Mike Engler's Ryle Raiders were five and six last year, and uh, Boone County's Bryson Warner, uh, friend of the show, they were two and eight last year. But he has assured us, never again. So I'm really excited to see this group. You know, I get to watch their Facebook Live videos when they're posted up there. The kids, they get after it. So I got to give them that. Ryle, returning senior, Braden Lyons, 464 passing yards last year. He's a senior. Uh, also returning senior Connor Lee, 253 rushing yards and 295 receiving yards. Connor Lee is a stud. Stud. Big time. Yeah. He's getting Division One offers right now. I saw him play last year. I think you're going to see this year his game go to another level. Because a lot of times I've noticed that once guys develop more, and sometimes getting college offers is an ego boost, a confidence sure. boost, and he's getting that. And he's kind of a running back wide receiver. He lists himself as a bit of an athlete going forward on the next level, not sure where he's going to play. But when you can do both, like Connor Lee can, I think he's going to have a big year at Ryle. They're going to figure out a way to get him involved in the offense a lot, especially because I believe Kyle England has since left. He's, yeah. he's out. So he was such a huge part of their offense. 
There's got to be another England running back yeah. coming through Ryle sometime soon. But Connor Lee's the real deal. Yeah, and they also got senior uh, Matthias Cusick, uh, defensive defensive back, 69 tackles last year on defense. I'm sure Coach would prefer his defensive back not have 69 tackles there. Yeah, but. <laughs> you want that from your linebackers and your defensive linemen, but that's the way it goes. Yeah, and then on the Boone side, um, well, let me go back to the Ryle side real fast. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach Engler came up from Lexington Catholic. We talked about it on a show with, uh, with I think, Bryson Warner. You know, he's an offensive guy. He was an offense quarter down there. Um, you know, really wanted to spread it out, but had this stud in the backfield that it, at some point he just had to start handing the ball off to him. So, you know, he's been here for, what, five, six years at this point, be, maybe seven. Um, be interested to see, you know. What, what they're going to do offensively. And I think when you look at 6A in the Northern Kentucky area, I think we would all say and put it on the table that Simon Kenton most likely is the best team in 6A here. Yeah. And we're going to see that play out as the year goes. But I think there's a bit of a question is, who's the second best That's 6A team in the area? Is it Dixie? Is it Ryle? I think we're going to see that play out this year. I think that's important to watch in these first couple of weeks. Uh, Ryle has a chance to jump out to a 1-0 record. Dixie has a very difficult week one matchup that we'll talk about. But I do think there's a bit of a race there to see who can pull up right behind Simon Kenton as the second biggest threat in 6A in Northern Kentucky. Well, and on the Boone side, you got Dave Bodenbender, 78 tackles and two sacks, three fumble recoveries last year. Uh, you know, Bryson Warner, they've always had good defensive teams. When he was out of Ryle, they were known for that. So, you know, obviously he's going to look for any kind of leadership on the defensive end. And let's be real, you know, high school football, if your defense can keep the offense at three and out, three and out, three and out, you know, your chances of winning are increased. You just got to find a way to score the ball. You know, returning Cameron Anderson as running back and Samuel Brown as quarterback, definitely going to help. You know, a, a lot of these kids gained a lot of experience last year. And look, their schedule was not easy. Anytime you're playing that schedule up here mm. against those bigger schools, you know, you're going to get your brains beat in sometimes, you know, but they competed. They had a good off season. You know, they're motivated. They're motivated got by a guy who's an alumnus and believes in the program, man. I mean, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to not at that point, right? And he's going to show up with energy. He will. You know, yes. Bryson's going to bring he's it. He's going to bring it. And he's not going to settle and let these kids just go out there and not compete. Mm-hmm. They're going to compete. That's going to be the hallmark of that program as long as he's there. And I do think there is a chance they could up that win total this year. Look, they're not playing as many games, but I still think they could up that win total past two, considering year two for Bryson, considering some guys are back, and he's going to, and I know you don't love the word culture. I I know that's been kind of the X word here, you know, when you bring coaches in and changing the culture, but I do think Bryson's going to bring a different vibe to Boone County football. It needs it. It it needs it. It really needs it. You know, because that is a proud program. I grew up here. When I was going to football games, my first ever football game was a Boone Cuffcath football Boone game. Boone Cuffcath in 1994, <laughs> opening kickoff. We heard all about who's this guy in backfield for yeah. Boone County. Opening kickoff goes. I'm there in the student section making noise, and there goes Sean Alexander running down the sidelines. One of my older brother's friends played defensive back for Cuffcath. I believe Sean Alexander scored six touchdowns in that game, and after number six. My brother's friend shook his hand in the end zone. And then he said, Mama, there goes that, that man. man. <laughs> and to this day, we still give that guy grief for like, what are you shaking the hand for the guy who scored six touchdowns against yeah. you? He's like, well, I knew he was going to go to the NFL and win the MVP. So I think it's important. I've always said this. I've said this about college football. I've said it's about um, Major League Baseball, NFL. I think big brands 
need to be good. Agreed. Michigan needs to be good. USC needs to be good. Ohio State needs to be good. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Cowboys. Boone County football is important to this region. I've only known it my whole life as being one of the teams that you always look out for. They needed something. They need a change. Hopefully, Bryson's the guy to get them back. And I know... The, the geographics and the new schools out in the Boone County, that changes everything. I get that. Yeah. I fully understand that. But I do believe that Bryson Warner can make a difference and will make a difference in Boone he County will. football. You know, I, will, I am interested in one thing. You know, the the return of Boone County football, I'm wondering, it will the style of Boone County football, that that's just ingrained yeah. in a lot of those guys, right? Neck and, rolls. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> fullbacks. he's got a lot of those guys with him, too. So that's good. There's a lot of pride there. And where, where I find it, most interesting is I'm a big matchups guy. It's the coach in me. You know, I look at, I watch a team play and I'm like, my gosh, yeah, that team is so good. But then I start breaking down individual matchups and it's like, hmm, okay, all right, we'll be able to get to this here, there. So, you know, you know, you're looking at a team like, um, like in this game right now, you know, if, if Boone County can run the fall, run the ball effectively and play D, you know, and, you know, keep some of these um, offensive guys from riled down a little bit, does that make it a four-quarter game there? I mean, what wins it in the end there for them? I, I just don't know. And also with, you know, a ground-and-pound kind of team, the conditioning aspect of that they didn't have a full off season, but they've been getting after it the last couple months. Is that going to be a, an effect here in the second, you know, second half of these games? I'm really looking forward to seeing what Connerly does week one. This kid is going to be unleashed this year a be, little bit, you yeah. know, at wide receiver. They're going to get the ball in his hands a lot. When you have a kid who's getting offers – at the level he's getting at right now, I think he's going to be unleashed this year. I think you're going to see a big week one from Connor Lee making a statement. Copy that. Uh, next matchup we got is uh, the Cooper Jaguars under Coach Randy Borchers. We were five and six last year uh, at Campbell County. The fighting Mike Wolfs. The man. The fighting Mike Wolfs. They are the camels, though. Uh, Mike Wolf, friend of the show as well. Uh, they were one in ten last year, and I think it, anybody who listened to his one-on-one episode, it, you know, they know this man, and I've known this man a long time. He's not a loser; he is a winner. He's a builder. He's a motivator. I can assure you that that one in ten season did not sit well, you know, with him. Interesting fact, though: Randy Borchers, the head coach there, played with me at Newcath under Mike Wolf. So, you know, there, there's there's definitely some history there as well. It's the Fro Bowl. No, it's not, no, 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 no. It's the Newcath Bowl. <laughs> Just with Cooper and, and Campbell County. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. Obviously, I know a lot about Cooper. I haven't followed Randy's career. You know, they've, you know, they might have been five and six last year, man, but they play a brutal schedule. They always seem to come up with an injury here, there, and they're always like one player away from just being special. That's being, that's honest. You know, they run a really good offense. They always play defense there. Um, the staff has been together for years. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's no dissension there. You know, they believe in what they do and, and they get after it. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic there, you know, in this 5A with, you know, you've got Cuffcath and Highlands and you obviously have Connor. Connor's really good. Um, and then Boone County's in there as well now. But it, it, it makes me wonder here. You know, you got Drew Worth, Jr., going to be um, – He's a good player. Yeah, man, 1,346 passing yards last year. That's uh, a sophomore. Yeah, it's unreal. You know, you got Jeremiah Lee, oh. my man. Oh, how good is he, right? You talk about special. 
Yes. That's yeah. another kid like Brandon McClendon that when you're yes. on the sidelines and you watch him, like, okay, that's the guy. Like, you see one play, like, that's the guy on the field tonight. And I think it's good that, that you know, he had played quarterback early on for him because he yep. was just dynamic. Um, you know, getting him out of that situation and just letting him get the ball in his hands and make plays, bro. It's wide receiver you out at yeah. Cooper, man. It Dante is. Hendricks it, came it, through exactly. there. Yeah. That's the system that they run. Um, and a lot of our schools have, have gone away from the ground and pound. It's the times. I sure. Mean, it's on TV. It's in Madden, wherever else they're watching. But it's interesting that that works that way. You know, um, you know, Brennan Ty, 608 rushing yards last year in the backfield. They, they get sneaky rushing yards off because you think, well, they're going to pass the ball, they're going to pass the ball. And then they run this little guy out there, and it's like, whoa. And they've had success. They've made it to you know state finals in 2012 with the same kind of deal with this the, you know the duo they had there. What I've liked to see, even at the big schools, because we've gotten so much into specializing, not just in sports, but in football at the big schools, when you have all these options of seeing players play just one side, I love the fact that Jeremiah Lee, I don't know if he's going to do it this year, but he played both sides of the football last year. We saw it at Cupcath, like Michael Mayer. That kid came up as a tight end. And Cupcath's like, we got to get this guy on the field every single snap. Yeah. And so when you have a special player like Jeremiah Lee, even though Cooper has lots of options, has as a big school, as a 6A school, when coaches are smart enough to say, that guy needs more snaps. I don't care how it comes, what side of the football it's on, get Jeremiah Lee on the field. He'll make plays. Yep. You know, Chester Hale, senior, returning this year, 80 tackles on defense. I, I talked about, you know, they're, they're a defensive-led team. They always have been. You know, their defense have kept them in the games and helped win them games that, honestly, they probably shouldn't even have been into in the in early part of the, the school's history. You know, they had a rough – that first year or two was tough, man, but they had that one group of kids that – Bam. Boom. Junior, State senior years, man, and they – yeah. Boom, you're right there. Yep. It's unbelievable. They do a really good job out there. Um, you know, not because I've known him a long time. Great coach. It's a, it's, it, they run a great program. You know, the, the kids, they play really, really hard. And he has a great temperament. He does. I love yeah. his temperament on the sideline. He is a guy that you talk about, you know, coaches with a poker face. I'm not sure if I've ever seen him raise his voice. You know him much more and much better than I do, so maybe I'm wrong on that one. But just watching him coach always seems under control, and I think uh, yes. that's important. Yeah, he doesn't lose control a whole lot. Only if only if something, I'll be honest with you, I've only ever seen him lose control of a game over something that's a safety issue, and that's dirty. Okay. To be honest with you. Yeah. And I think that I'm a lot like that in games. Like, I can deal with missed calls or whatever. I might, be, I might be frustrated about it, but if it comes to a safety issue or something non-basketball related that's happened in a game, you have every right to be crazy. Um, you know, talking about Campbell County, returning leading rusher Crosley Gray, who I've known since he was a little boy, this kid. He's a meathead, but he's a good little football player, man. Uh, 280 yard, 81 yards rushing last year. Hoping he can have a breakout year here this year, man, for the, for the Camel County Camels. Um, also, Justin Little, 145 rushing yards, 103 passing yards. Um, I think the interesting thing for me here is, obviously, we talk about defense. Mike Wolf, defensive guy, defense coordinator at Ryle for 16 years. You know, you know assistant coach of the year in the state, you know, every year contender, right, with with the work that they did out there. Um, their defense got to play better. And I'm sure that's something they've been drilling down and hammering home since November the 1st of last year. And I wonder how much they remember 36 nothing from last year. Well, I'm sure that they do. When Cooper beat them 36 nothing, I'm sure that they will. You and know, they're playing at Campbell County. That's different. Yeah. You talk about another great venue. Oh, my God. Beautiful out there. 
And a lot of people I've talked to in Northern Kentucky have told me to look out for Campbell County. Like if you put that in a time capsule and came back 20 years and said, look how much that area is developing with new houses, families are going to move out there. That has a chance out at Campbell County in about 15 to 20 years to be a really big time program. You know, they'll pop up every now and then, every now and then and come back and be good. But I think they have a chance to be really good here pretty soon. Well, you mentioned earlier how we need some of these big time programs to be good. I said it when Coach Wolf was on the one-on-one show that, you know, we need Boone County and Campbell County to be yep. good. Kind of return to those 90s days, like you say, Sean Alexander, Boone County, you know, Greg Menetree and the boys for Campbell County playing down at the middle school. That was, you know, it made it made for a football what it was. And they're those, older this year. Yeah, they got a nice group coming do. back, a year of development, a year with Coach Wolf. That was the thing. They graduated such a really they good, did. arguably the greatest – collection of young men ever in that school that that, that one included yeah, Reed Reed Jolly, Jolly and yeah. his brother and the, yeah. that crew um tanner lawrence yeah i mean there was a posse you know i mean this, this guy's got after it it wasn't just football no that's what i'm saying yeah. it was they were the most successful group of young men that i think that the school had had in a generation maybe even longer than that it's hard to replace that we certainly know that on the basketball yeah well unfortunately unfortunately there too uh, you know i think the other thing with with camel county is I think it will come a lot down here too, offensively being able to score the ball, you know, quarterback leadership. Um, interested to see who that is. I really, to be honest, I've, you know, Justin Little, or I don't know. I was just trying to look at the roster here to try to see who they've got quarterback. I saw uh, Justin Little was a senior quarterback. I have to co. I should have probably called coach and asked him that before that we go there. But I'd be interested, you know, get some get some leadership out there and. Run the run the ball down the field. I'm sure, I'm sure Coach Wolf's going to want to pass the ball too. So we'll see. <laughs> Moving on to our next game, Beachwood, eight and six, just a perennial power. Well, one A now there in two A. It's weird to see six losses by Beachwood. Well, you know what? That that's deceiving, and and I'll tell you why. You know, last year they had, well, they lost. When you talk, just talk about a group of kids coming through a program, you run off three straight state championships, yeah. and then you lose that group of kids, you're going to rebuild. I don't care who you are. And that group has been good. They had been good all the way growing up through there. Um, they started off the year on the road playing two really tough teams that I think either one or both were played in the state championship game in their, in their class at the end of the year, and I think one even won it. Um, I didn't really get a look into that, but it's funny the, you say rebuild when it's their first year in two A and they still make it to the state semifinals. Yeah, that's Beachwood. That's what they do. That's they no win rash. out there. They do. They I win. Mean, you, you're, come you've November. got a lot of interactions with them as well. Yeah, I was there the day they found out that they were going to get to play. I saw that. That was fun. Yeah, I saw that tweet that you had out there. Yeah, no rash came running across the field like we're in, we're doing. <laughs> he said they were all going to stop and get on the field and do the alligator dance from Animal House. I said, Coach, I'm not sure there's one person on the field who has any idea what the alligator dance from Animal House is. Yeah. So if you try to do it, I'm not sure what the field would even know what to do. Or that any of the kids should even be watching that. No, you're right. Classic. So they opened up. They opened up with uh, Big Gainesville last year yep. at Georgetown, and then Somerset. So they were in the Somerset won the two A against Mayfield, and Paintsville lost in the one A. I knew that 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 was like that. So here's the other thing: the non-district schedule at Beachwood is always going to be first rate. 
You know, it's it's almost like um, it's almost like how Cuffcath. You you almost have to schedule those those non district teams that are just powerhouses to get you ready because you're what you you have the crew to win a state championship almost every year. So you know, I mean, no different here. They're going down playing Corbin. Yep. I mean, let's be real. You know, Corbin. I think Corbin's got a new coach for the first time in a lot of years. I can't remember. I think Tom Greer is his name. Um, you know, Corbin was six and five last year, but a perennial power in four A. Ranked top five or six in many of the polls that have come out this year. Yeah, made it all the way to the second round of the playoffs last year. But uh, you know, obviously the storyline for Beachwood is this. Senior Cameron Herget, just an otherworldly talent. Special. Yeah. And and obviously the quarterback race, and I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, the quarterback, I think it's almost unfair to in a way to rank Cameron and then Caleb down at Cuffgath. They're almost 1A, 1B, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, until one separates from each other. But each has a different they, role for their exactly. team. Exactly. They're completely different. Right. Cameron is more dynamic. He, you know, he loves to run the ball, and he's you know, this is a kid that grew up with two older brothers, you know, that were football guys. So he was always, you know, in the mix out there. You kind of get into that situation where you're, you're not afraid anymore. Yeah. You know, there's nothing you're going to do to me that there. Whereas I'm sure, you know, you talk to Coach Rash and Coach Herget, the offensive coordinator, his uncle, and they'll probably tell you, you run the ball too much here or there, especially earlier on. Throw the ball. You know, we're in this situation, throw the ball. You don't need to tuck it and run it. Uh, but coming off of a year where he passed for over 2,000 yards, ran for 750 yards, 27 total touchdowns. Are you kidding me? I wonder in a nine-game season if he can get to 30 total touchdowns. I think he can. I think he can. I mean, he's a special talent. I mean, you're talking a little more than three a game. Yeah. I think that's the number. I'm going to put 30 total touchdowns for yeah. Cam Hergett in the regular season. I think that's doable. Sure. I think that's really doable. I think he would tell you he expects it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a kid that's got, you know, D1 hopes here. So, you know, he does all the stuff, does all the camps. And does. He, he puts Personal the work in. Personal training with yeah. Tony Pike. Yeah, he puts the work in there. You know, and he's got, and he's got people around him, you know. Um, Avery Courtney, 536 rushing yards last year. Um, he's a junior. You know, you got senior Cole Stammer, 421 rushing yards, 208 receiving yards. Um, got another junior, Brady. What's that say, Jeremy? I'm sorry. I can't read your handwriting. More. What's that? More. And you've got junior Brady Moore, 468 receiving yards as well. So they're going to put they're going to put talent out there around them. Um, I don't see any issue with. Beachwood putting up points in this game. I really don't. Yeah, Beachwood's going to score. It, I think the obvious thing would be the trip, you know, getting down there, um, doing the school, and then getting down there and getting set up. First game jitters. You've not had any reps with another team, no scrimmages. Beachwood's a team that usually does two scrimmages because they don't do the bye week typically. I wonder how that affects those kids. Well, you know, no rash will get him ready to play. He is a motivator. He's good he at that. Straight off of the Mike Yago pregame speech tree. Can I tell you a funny story about a pregame speech from No Rash? Yes. So, back before COVID hit, and we would always ask coaches, "Can we come inside of your 
speeches before the game that kind of gives us that all access mm-hmm. feel before the game starts. So he always lets us come in. It was just a playoff game. I believe it was a state semifinal game a couple of years ago. And his whole speech was, we've been pent up. We've been waiting for this moment. Get us out on the field. Let us go play. We'll cut it loose and we'll explode. So the end of his speech is, get me out of here. Get me on the field. And it was a garage door that was supposed to go up. And the kids are supposed to run. He goes, get me out of here. The garage door goes, kapunk, one foot off the ground. And they're like, try again. Get me out of Kadunk. It stays again. So he's got all this emotion. His face is as red as his beechwood coat, and he can't get the kids out of the field. And the kids had to then go like to like a little side door one by one and just like walk out. They went out there and kicked butt in one state, but it was a great moment of the coach being so excited in this garage door just would not open. He gets after it. Man, does he ever. He's old school. I don't think he's got any intention to changing the old school way. He's what I tough. like about Noel. Anytime we show up to his game, mm-hmm. to his practice, or any event when we're covering it and want to do interviews, he will do it, but he always politely declines and said, "Make and he always tells us, make it about the kids. Yeah. Don't, don't interview me. But he's so good, so we want to put him on TV. He's a lot of fun to talk to, but he's always adamant, make it about the players. Yeah, he's definitely a... You talk about the cutaway shots you get, the faces the coaches make. You, could, you should see him in a mask. No, thanks. No, thanks. I want to hear him yell from the mask. Yeah, I wonder how long that's going to last. Probably not long. Beachwood did beat them last year, 26 to 10 here. Yeah. So, be interesting. Uh, moving on to Covenant Catholic at Dixie Heights. Uh, Covcath obviously coming off of a 15-0 5A state championship season. Looking for their fourth straight title game and um, third championship in four years. Going up against a Dixie Heights team led by Coach Brossert. That was 5-7 and seven last year. Um, you know, as, as Jeremy was going through the stats and looking at this, you have one, two, three, four dudes, Pierce Roman, Caden Anderson, Silas McDaniel, Rice Brown, 74 tackles, 62 tackles, 57 tackles, 50 tackles. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's sound defense right there. Dixie's going to be better. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Dixie's going to be better this year. And we talked about it earlier in the podcast about who's the right there behind Simon Kenton. If you ask me who the second best team in 6A in Northern Kentucky is, my vote would go to Dixie. They are, that's what they're preseason point. ranked right now. Yeah, so I think they're going to be Logan Landers, another guy, again, another guy who got experience playing quarterback last year. You return a lot of players and this is a tough week one matchup. It There's is. no way around it. And we understand but you know what, what that if is. If you're Dave Brossard and you've got a 23 senior team returning your quarterback, you know, returning a bunch of these defensive guys, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel good. And I think it's also good to go out there and see what you have week one, to go up against the yeah. best team probably in Northern Kentucky and yeah, see what you're made of week one and find one out team in five A in the state. Well, that's season. the five A is interesting because I've seen like all these different polls and I think six different teams have gotten votes for number yeah. one of the state. And can Cubcath go back there for what a fourth straight title game? They've gone three years in a row. Frederick Douglass is, is loaded. That's the team they played last year in a great game in the state championship game. Low scoring, I believe it was 14 to seven, a final score. Is Cubcath number one? Is Frederick Douglass number one? I, I'm not sure. We'll find out as the year goes on. But, you know, Cubcath lost a lot. They, lost they really lot. did. They lost arguably the greatest player in school history in Michael Mayer, certainly the biggest recruit in school history. And I've said this to many coaches, and I think I said it to you maybe. I've never seen a non-quarterback 
dominate a high school game consistently as Michael Mayer did last year at tight end and linebacker. They played LaSalle. LaSalle is loaded with Division I talent all over the field. And Covcath, because of Michael Mayer's dominance in that game, ran LaSalle off the field because of one player. That's the kind of player they have to replace. They've got a lot of talent. You don't there. replace it. You don't. Yeah. You don't replace that kind of kid. But they do have a lot of kid. Uh, you know, bringing back your quarterback, huge deal. Every year for a high school football team, you bring back a kid like Caleb Jacob now in his third year of starting who had 33 touchdowns last year. There's going to be more on him now this year, perhaps. And I think you're going to see a kid like Caleb Jacob. And Jeremy and I talk about it on the show all the time. So many people at Cubcath get so many accolades. We talk about Michael Mayer all the time. Before him, it was McGinnis. Yeah. Caleb Jacob, this is your time now. This is your time to go out there and be the guy. And I think he's ready for it. Well, it's obvious that the offense will run through him. Everything will be there. And everything's kind of lined up for him the way it's worked. He's gotten all this experience with these good kids. He's great players. You know, Three-year run, two-year run to being the quarterback. Um, last chance to go through it. We talked to Eddie when Eddie was on the show about, you know, coaching him. I mean, it's just been a, it's, it's been a special time for both of them, obviously. Not tough. Or, or not easy. It's been tough from yep. times, obviously, coaching your nephew. Um, definitely interesting. 2,800 passing yards last year, man. That's a heck of a lot. And I think, you know, you talked about putting a, like a cap on Cameron Hergett. Uh, you could almost do the same thing. They do definitely – Caleb is definitely a, more of a passing quarterback. No question. You know, you don't – I think that he'll tuck it and run. He'll be fine with that. But, you know, this year, you know, having lost the group that they've lost, you're not going to want any kind of situation to come up where he's tucking and running and trying to make things happen and getting hurt week one, especially against a team, you know, on the road, excited to yep. – you know, kind of bounce back. You know, Dixie has had a great football tradition. Um, struggled of late, but we'll see. You know, you got senior Owen Nally, 343 pass, or rushing yards last year. Also senior Ethan Reardon, 804 receiving yards last year. Nine touchdowns, so you get a big target back there. Yeah, 6'5". Yeah. He's a player. He's going to have a really big year for Cuffcat now as their number one option. And then you look at the kid from Claremont Northeastern who comes in 6'8". Skylar Schmidt, mm-hmm. going to play tight end, maybe some defensive end. There's another humongous target. This kid is getting looks uh, from colleges. He's going to come in and be a difference maker for Cubcat too. So Caleb Jacob not only is a talented kid, he has options. He has weapons. And we've seen Eddie. Is there any other coach you would want in Northern Kentucky with that kind of quarterback wide receiver tight end option? And they do a really good job of developing talent. He's good. Reardon's going to be a Eddie's, special player Eddie's this year. Eddie's really good. Yeah. So they do. They're going to be fine. And, you know, do, my question is, defensively, will that be great? Will Will Jacob Daneman be able to <laughs> anchor that defense? My guy Jake, <laughs> back there playing some DB. I'm excited for him. Good for him. I man. wish I got a chance to see him play. I won't get a chance to see him play other than maybe the couple times they get to go on the sideline and shoot their games because, obviously, only mom and dad get mom to go dad. on the game. But it's exciting. To I'm have him back there too, and he's a he's a big baseball player, and he had a season taken away last year. Mm-hmm. So for him to get a chance to play football, it's it's exciting. Well, I think he's going to have be in for a good year here too. Be interesting to see what happens there. Um, we're going to step out here for a minute. We sat down earlier today with Scott Football Head Coach Eric Turner for a little one-on-one interview. Uh, something that we want to be able to do with coaches throughout the season. You know, kind of get thoughts on their team you know how they're progressing obviously as we start to play games you know some thoughts on games and um, current matchups stuff like that so we're gonna 
shoot it on over to Coach Turner, and we'll be back on the other side. Sitting down with Scott High School head football coach Eric Turner. Coach, how are you? Doing great. How, how are you? Oh, man, we're living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> how are uh, things leading up to this first scrimmage this weekend? It's, it's going well. We, we, our, our guys are biting at the bit to hit, hit somebody else. You know, we've been practicing the – However, whichever way we've been practicing, we've been doing it for a while now. And so uh, our guys are ready to see somebody else, and we're, we're excited. We didn't know if it was going to happen or not, so yeah. um, we're very excited about Saturday. It's been a long road. It has. It has. Strange spring, long road. How yeah. how how the kids feel being able to get that gear out that first day? Oh, they were excited. <laughs> when we were talking about the uh, Friday before, they were like they were just bouncing off the walls that they were going to hand out equipment on, on Monday. So it was fantastic. Well, you, I mean, being a dad and having sons that played football and being a coach for as long as you have been and a former player yourself, you understand that excitement. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean. I, everybody's excited. I mean, you know, being a parent, I know how to be a parent to be excited about it. I mean, I played for many years and I know how to be as a player being excited about it as well. And as a coach, I mean, honestly, it's like, uh, you know, it's been, it was very stressful leading up to that, whether we're going to play, whether we're not going to play, you know, and then, you know, you got nine seniors on our team and, you know, I was going to, you know, I'd just be heartbroken. They'd be heartbroken if they weren't able to have a season. So we're, we're all tremendously happy to have a season. Graduated of. Fantastic senior last year, amongst other seniors, yes. but the greatest running back in school history. Yes. Um, you know, some thoughts on you don't replace a player like that, unfortunately. Um, you, you hope that the next generation of young men can step up there. Are you, are you looking – or you feel confident about uh, this year's team and output offensively? Yes. Um, you know, we, we had to take a look at it. I mean, losing a, a guy like you, you know, it's – he like you said, he's not really replaceable. So – we're looking at it from doing more from a team effort this year. When we changed up the offense, um, we're going to be a lot more pass-oriented. And we felt like as a offensive staff that when we looked at it, we got a lot of skill guys in the positions on the outside. And what we want to do is take advantage of that athleticism and get them guys in space um, and let them do their thing. Uh, also, you know, at the running back, there's, it's kind of be, be at right now. It's by committee. You know, we, we're looking for, you know, we got three or four guys that we're, we're putting through it and they're all getting their time. And we're looking for some of them guys, their young guys, uh, to step up and, you know, fill that role and what we need there. And we believe one, you know, as hard as they've been working, that they're going to be able to do that. And this junior class that's here now is an incredibly talented class. I'm probably not as familiar with the senior class of the football players, you know, the junior class won the Northern Kentucky middle school championship. Um, when they were eighth graders and have spent a lot of time in these last couple of years with varsity minutes. Yes, so absolutely. we're returning a lot of, we do return a lot of experience on this team. If you, if you look at it from that point, you, yes, because I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these juniors, I mean, they played as sophomores. I mean, quite a few of them did and in the positions that they're playing right now. So uh, they came back this year and really they met our expectations completely. Mm -hmm. They've worked their tails off and, uh, and, um, uh, you know, we've we've as an offensive staff have really built a, a I feel like a really good offensive scheme, and they're 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 implementing it and they're they're putting it in. So what about up front? What are we looking like up front? Oh, we're just gonna be young. We got a couple seniors up front or three seniors, I, I should say. One moved in and um, learning the system, and a couple one that didn't have a whole lot of varsity time, but you know he he's worked his changed his body this uh, this this summer, and um, you know Cole Dan he's he's only really returning starter on offensive line. Um, but we've got a lot of young guys, uh, sophomores, uh, just a couple juniors that we're looking to 
you know, step up and, 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 and fill them roles. You know, it's going to be one of them things we've talked about it from the beginning is we're going to have to just get better every game. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Saturday, I don't know what that looks like, but I know that we'll be better the following Friday and we'll be better the following Friday. Last year, being your first year here, having been a head coach at Lloyd and a very successful coach at Lloyd, what you guys did over there at that program was night and day. No, no offense you. to anybody that was there. And I was calling games when you were coaching there. Shows our age a little bit there yes, since I've been out of it so long. <laughs> but it, um, I was very complimentary of that because the – not that – like I said, not to crap on anybody that was there before, but it was a night-day difference. There was, you know, discipline and structure. I notice a lot this with this group of boys that we have over here, mm-hmm. a lot of the same kind of deals, um, which is a testament to leadership, right? However, first year in, you're getting your feet wet a little bit, trying to feel the kids out. Having had a season and some of an off season, how do you feel going into year two personally? I think it'll be. I think it, it'll be better. We had some things, you know, it was a learning curve for all of us, and honestly, it's still a learning curve because you know we went through a season, and really, where that that big impact I feel like takes place is in the off season. Our offense off season was so limited that, um, you know. I think they're. I think we'd be farther ahead. I should say, but I think everybody thinks that they'd be farther ahead because of it. But um, you know, but we've had a we've had a great summer. So when we get, was able to go back and start practicing, you know, a lot of these guys that maybe wasn't so mature last year are showing that maturity this year. And also, you know, our senior group is doing a really good job of, of being leaders. But also, that junior class is, is also saying, "Hey, we know we got to step up our game. We got to lead by example." And they're saying that more and more to each other. And I. Uh, you know, I'm just really impressed by it. Yeah, they're winners. Yes, they are. You know, and, and a lot of them are on the basketball team. So that basketball coach you guys got, he he gets after that. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's big on that. Absolutely. Uh, last question for you. Looking ahead to the district, obviously, right down the hill, you've got oh, yeah. the Holmes Bulldogs who are returning a heck of a lot as well, and they had a fantastic season. We, you know, we split with them last year. They came up and they beat us on senior night or whatever. It was a district championship baseball game, right? Um, and then we went back down and beat them in the playoffs. But you know as well as I do that that game is circled on the oh, there's no the, doubt about <laughs> it. Calendar. Trust me, I, you know it was you know it was our senior night last year, and um, you know there was a lot of a lot of hype for that. And Holmes came in here and had their things together, and they executed their their plan on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Did a tremendous job, and them, a lot of them guys are coming back, so we know we know exactly what's ahead of us. Ben Nevels no is a fantastic coach. Yes, he is. He's a great motivator. He's a great leader, too. He is, And you absolutely. know he's going to put that work in. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Coach, thank you so much for coming on. All right, thank you. All right, and we're back here. Now going to discuss the Simon Kenton at Highlands preview here. Uh, Simon Kenton, 8-5 and five, under Coach Marksbury last year. Um, Highlands football coach Brian Weinrich. Six and five last year. Big fan of Sam Kenton football program. Coach Marksbury does an incredible job. You know, going to be returning sophomore Chase Crone, you know, over 1,700 passing yards last year and almost 700 on the ground. We talk another dual threat quarterback. As a freshman. As a freshman. I think he Could was the district player of the year. As a freshman. Man. In varsity football. Times have changed. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. But Times we've seen changed. a lot of sophomores in yeah. the area develop, but you don't see many freshmen getting out there, especially at a 6A program, a team who's ranked in the top 10 in the state in 6A this year. I know Jeff loves Chase. Well, when I was should. out there for practice when they were first able to get out there. 
uh, he was out there and uh, Racky. Remember that quarterback? No, Cameron years Racky. Yeah, he was back I've known there. him since he was a little kid. Man. So they were working together on the side after they were practicing. And uh, you see that kind of stuff and you understand why, as a young person with talent, that he can put up the numbers he did. Yeah, Simon Kitten, you know, preseason ranked number eight on the Cal Preps ratings. Um, I, you know, I'm, here's my thing with the Simon Kenton team. We talked about teams being fundamentally sound. Simon Kenton is that, and then some. You know, they're going to guard. Well, I say guard because <laughs> basketball coach. They're going to play D. Uh, you know, they're going to try to shut you out every week. Are they going to be able to go to Highlands and shut that out? Uh, I don't know about that, but you know, they're they're going to make every attempt. Do we think this might be? the best week one game, at least the most interesting? It could be. I think honestly. it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so much un, unknown right now, I think, with, you know, a Highlands team. Again, that's another one of those brand names it we is. talked about. And look, they're not they're not down. No. They're down for Highlands. Yeah. You know, a six and five year there, I don't want to use the word unacceptable. It's just unexpected. Sure. You, you don't ever expect that out of Highlands. But, um, I mean, looking at their roster here, they've got a lot of seniors coming back. They do. They got they got some they got some guys on defense. I just um, think there's been some uncertainty, like who would be the quarterback and you know stuff like that. So that's just the, the I think that's where I'm at. They had that last year too. They did, you and know, they, you know, they shuffled a couple guys around. And you know, you talk to people around who follow Northern Kentucky football, and you ask who's the quarterback going to be at Highlands, and I've heard this name of a sophomore. I believe his last name is Noon. Mm-hmm. I've yes. heard really good things yes, about that's right. him. Whether he plays this year or not, Charlie Noon. Charlie Noon. I've heard a lot about him. Whether he plays this year or not, I don't know. But they believe he's the next guy to come through the program and do special things at Highlands. No, I mean this guy. He's on the uh, he's on Nate Bryan's top quarterback list in North Kentucky. He's six on that list as a sophomore. As a sophomore, who's never even played. Yeah, Simon Kenton. You know, you got returning senior Nate Walker, eighty-seven tackles, my dude. And this is just a a mountain of a kid. If he if he's going to get his body into you, you're going to feel it. So. Very interesting. You know, Simon Kenton coming off of a regional final loss, um, five losses last year. That's just uncharacteristic for a Jeff Marksbury team. So, I mean, curious. I, I do think that uh, here's my thing Highlands is one of those programs that if they have a down year in six and five. You know, a lot of programs would be like, well, look, we won six games, we won a winning record. At Highlands, that's just not acceptable. Brian's an alumnus, that's not acceptable to him. Right, they want to win fifteen games and hold the big trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, six and five and a first round playoff loss. Yeah, so that I doesn't mean, happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So if anybody's poised for a a big week one win, you would think Highlands would be. That's why I think this is the game I want to see the most in Northern Kentucky. And it's a shame again. And look, I know we're all kind of experiencing what we're experiencing, but that atmosphere for that game would have yeah. been off the charts. In Fort Thomas. And that's the other thing. It's been so hard to get info with some of these teams. You're kind of going off stats, you know, which it's, it's been a little unique because you, you don't have the scrimmages to kind of go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we'll, we'll find out week one with some of these yes, teams who's playing quarterback, exactly. especially at a place like Highlands. You know, it's, it's, been a weird, it's been a weird transition over to getting ready to play games. But I think sometimes when you just see it once – especially the team like Highlands, you can see them play once. You're like, okay, they got it. Yes. Or they're not themselves. Yeah. And I think we're going to find out week one. This I like it. It's going to be a defensive game. I like it. Yeah, I can't this wait. This is going to be a defensive game, no doubt I think you're it. right. So, and then moving on to uh, Louisville Holy Cross at Holmes. Obviously, I don't know much about Holy Cross, except they were a 1A state semifinalist last year and 
beat uh, Holmes 21-14 last season. You know, we know a lot about Holmes. We know a lot about Holmes. Coach Ben Nevels, 8-4 last year. They were they were um, district champs, regular season district champs. You know, went to the third round of the playoffs before the Scott Eagles had to beat them. Sorry, Coach. Um, just an incredible job coaching his staff does down there. The Callaways. Dude, these dudes are – they're coming. They, they, yes, they are so good. I talked to Coach Turner about it earlier today. It's tough, man. I mean, those guys are good. Well, that's the question here. <laughs> um, I don't think we tackled them last year. How do you? I don't know. I, I don't know how you tackle that kid. I don't know. They're tough. I wonder who is the best 4A team in Northern Kentucky. It's, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting, honestly. I mean, people wouldn't got, think Holmes. You've only got Scott and Holmes that's it. in this district up here. So, and what is that? Harrison County and um, Boyd County. Boyd County is it now, right. and Round County. And Round County, got it. So, definitely interesting. I, you know what? That could go. Honestly, it could go either way. To be honest, Scott's got a lot of young talent. You know, they got a small senior class. Um, they lost the best running back in school history last year, which you don't replace. So, the young guys. It's time for them to. They have stepped up last year. And it's time for them to take the next step. Their skill position, you know, returning, you know, Gus Hallett. Obviously, the Scott Eels are not playing this week, so it's all right that we talk about them. But, you know, you return senior, or junior Gus Hallett, you know, junior Cameron Patterson. You've got loads of skill players. Um, Griffin Henderson. I mean, God, we could go on for this forever. You know, a lot of kids have played both ways. A lot of kids have played just defense as well. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'll be honest with you. You know, and then, and then on this Holmes team, I mean – Tess Callaway, bro. <laughs> you know, 1,061 passing yards, um, 310 rushing yards, 20 total TDs. You know, his brother, 1,268 rushing yards last year. That duo is just tough. I need a nickname for the Callaways. I got to come up with something you're, before You're better than that than I am. Louisville Holy Cross coming in. I look for Holmes to get this win. At Holmes, Louisville's driving – from up there. That's a good team. Driving. I understand that. But They're good. Good program. Hey, Coach Nevels is ready. Coach Nevels is ready. I'm giving I'm giving Coach Nevels the nod in this week. Boy, you talk about another guy who can get his team excited to play a football yes. game. He's perfect, man. He's a fighter. I think that's the best way I can describe it. He, he just, he fights for those kids. He's the personality of the program. Yes. And I think he's the perfect personality for the Holmes program. And I think that season they had last year, if you told somebody that Holmes did what they did in the playoffs and won eight games... And preseason this year in 4A, some have them ranked as a top 10 team in the state. Agreed. I think that's one of the more under-talked about stories from last year's high school football season. And with the Callaways back, I don't see them slowing down. No, I only not, see not them going up. Shut teams out. That's it. I mean, I think that'll be the, the thing with the Holmes team because they're going to score points. Boy, what a week one matchup they got. It is. We're going to find out about You'll them. find a lot about that. Yep. No doubt. I mean, Louisville Holy Cross... A lot of success. Small school, and, though. 11 and 3 last year. Very small school. Uh, moving on to Carroll County, who was 7 and 4 last year at Ludlow, who was 8 and 4. Big fan of Coach Greg Taphouse uh, down at the Panthers. He's returning junior Braxton Newborn, 784 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns, 53 tackles on defense. Um, junior Brogan O'Brien, 119 receiving yards, 20 tackles, three interceptions on defense. Um, you know what? Have you, have you covered Ludlow at all in okay, the last few years? So 
Greg messaged me and wants me to come down and do a story you on should. their post-game tradition. Apparently, they have a rock or some kind of, I don't even know if it's a statue or a rock, that they go to after the game and do some kind of team bonding thing. And it's supposed to be really cool. I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah, we've covered Ludlow. I mean, the name Ian Valandingham. Yes. That kid but was he's a gradu- star, they but he's gone. They these, these two studs from yeah, last year's he team. was a big-time player. He would show up on the final quarter at least three or four times yeah. during the season. He was a big-time player. that's such a unique name. Yeah. You, know, you can't, you don't you can't forget that, that one. Yeah. You know, obviously, I don't, we don't know um, – much about you know a lot of the teams right now with having not any games and previews, so but eight and four last eight year. Eight and four last year, they do a really good job, man. They you know they just had a run of kids that have come through that program and were phenomenal from the Pee Wee League through the middle school. They were middle school champions at one point. You know the the whole city. You know it seemed like they all came out, turned the last one out, turned the lights off. A Hoosiers moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're ready to go. Um, definitely be interesting. You know, I'm looking at the roster here. I mean, they got a good handful of seniors, so you know, we'll see what happens with this group, man. I, I got, I got faith in, I got faith in the guys down there. It was I, a good game last year. Carroll yeah. County beat them 14 to 12. Well, low scoring game. Panthers getting revenge. And Bring it, and they're going to the Rock. Bring it. They're tap house. Tap out. Tap house. Tap out. Dayton at Pendleton County. Dayton four and seven last year under. First year head coach Jesse Herbst. Uh, also, we just talked about him earlier on. You know, Dayton alum has uh, breathed a lot of good life into the the Green Devil football program. And obviously, where my man Jordan Marksbury goes, baller. The Dubells will go with him, baller. Yeah, he is. He has been good since the day he put the shoulder pads on. My Nearly man, fifteen hundred. Total yards last year in 11 football games. Unbelievable. And a young guy. Yeah. Well, he's a senior now, but, I mean, he's been getting it done. I mean, yeah. he's a, you know, he is a really good athlete. Um, you know, he's got sneaky, he's got sneaky power to him. Okay. It's, it's awesome. I don't know if you've got a chance to watch him play, but he's really good. I have. Um, you know, you got senior Nolan Brooks, you know, 391 passing yards last year, 261 rushing yards. Um. You got Trey Matthews, 474 rushing yards, 59 tackles. You know, I don't know much about the, the Pendleton County team. You know, I know their coach, Brian Bergermeyer, has really, honestly, been a real loyal dude down there, works real hard for those kids. You know, it's kind of a tough spot in where they're at. You know, it's a you know, basketball community, I guess you can call it. You know, it's, maybe that's not fair to say yep. these days because they've had football for so long, but traditionally it's been a basketball school. You know, they played out at the middle school, you know, earlier on program was tough. And then, and then all of a sudden they get, you know, get stuck in this district with Highlands and Cuffcath. And it's like, dudes, I mean, well, I mean, I'd rather go to the Wool Festival than play on the football team. Right. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm just being serious. So, um, and still know, five and six but last that, year. But here's the thing, you know, Brian has stuck with it. Yep. After Terry Brown left, you know, Brian comes in, they work really hard. Uh, you know, they represent, that's the only thing I can really say, you know, they're in a, they're in a district that they can compete in. So, you know, wish him luck, honestly. Um, you know, but the Dubells, you know, going down there, they're going to go down and get a win. They're going to play huff. They're going to play tough and hard. And they're going to play just like Jesse. Jesse's crazy. He's and, not going to put up with it. He's a defensive guy. You know, he's going to want stops. I saw the Devils play several times last year. Just the excitement. My uncle coaches on the, on the football team as well. So, and having known Jesse almost all my life. I mean, you, you can't help but root for dudes like that. That's an important game. Yeah. And you he, look you know, at him. And look, he was at Simon Kenton for a long time. Yeah. 
was there at Simon Kenton a long time and quite honestly could have stayed at Simon Kenton being the D coordinator and whipping up on everybody, honestly, and then running out on the field like an idiot meathead football coach like, <laughs> like they do. But he chose to say, you know what, I don't need any of that. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to start this deal. And that's exactly what he did. Two teams last year who were close to having winning records. Yes. Dayton 4-7, and seven, Pendleton County 5-6. and six. So whoever comes out with a win right there, that could be one of those pendulum kind of swinging games to start a season, especially in a shortened season. Yeah. And, you know, several of those losses, man, they were close games. The refs cheated them. Refs cheated them at Ludlow. I'm just ready for the battle for the paddle. At Bellevue. Oh, I say the refs cheated them. I'm sure Can you they say did. that about ref? That's like ref on <laughs> ref crime a, right there, man. It's a joke. I'm joking. That's usually what we do. So so it's like a, it's an old referee things with the Dayton Green Devils. If the Green Devils lost because the refs cheated them. Because it, it, when Stan Sato was assigning the officials, there was always a bunch of Dayton guys. And then so after a game, if, if you found a Dayton loss, you'd be like, well, refs cheated them. All right. And then the final game of the week, which is the game of the week on uh, TV, too. What is that, Jeremy? You said uh, Star 64. Star 64. I yeah. You have the. Walton Verona fighting Jeff Barths, eight and five last year. Uh, hell of a job he's done down there, man. They continue just to win and build and do great work. Um, going over to play Newport Catholic Saturday night. Uh, Stephen Lickert, I saw the boys when I walked out of the house today. They were in their gear, you know, delivering CTE to everybody. Um, no, just kidding. They were getting after it today, though, when I left to come here. Did Barth and Lickert play together at Highlands? You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I want to say Jeff is a little older. Steven is a year younger than me. And then I, I, I don't know. I think Jeff's mid-90s. Could be. I read football with his dad for a long time. Yeah. I knew that. It's going to be the Highlands Bowl. He coached. Uh, yeah, it is the Highlands Bowl. And he coached our middle school basketball team for, for a little bit, too. So, you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, two things. You know, number one, Walton Verona has honestly established themselves as a force in their district, to be honest. And, you know, returning Jacob Gaines, 756 rushing yards last year. Colton Shire, 422 receiving yards. You know, senior Justin Brooks on defense, 40 tackles, three interceptions. Um, I'm sure Coach Lickert and the guys, they've got, you know, good scout down there. You know, they returned this duo in the backfield, man, Mm. you know, with, you know, Ackerson and, and Joey Runyon, both seniors, Obviously, I, I saw a uh, I saw James Weber's preview in the paper where, you know, Coach Lickert had said, you know, they've got speed all over the place, and they're going to get after you. They're going to fly around on defense, fly around on offense. Um, you know, Stevens teams always play good defense anyway. Wherever he's been, Dayton, Holmes, Campbell, they've played good defense. You know, last year ten and three season. You know, lost in the regional finals. So uh, you know, and I'm sure that he's I'm sure that he's Excited to, you know, he's they're down in one A, a winnable district, obviously, and I saw that they were uh, what was that preseason ranking for them number eight, so I'm sure that he's looking to move that up there, move on to getting his first state title. A couple of thoughts, and my first thought is about Walton Verona. Mm-hmm. Is is Walton Verona going to start to take that step on the state stage in two A? Because we've seen them here yeah. really successful. <clears throat> Jeff's done a great job getting that sure. program now to where it's almost the class of Northern Kentucky um, in, in two-way. But can they now make that jump? 
I want to see them try to make that jump. And look, I know I know two way is loaded with with a there is like the top level of two way. Yeah, yeah Lex is Christian Mayfield legit. Somerset Mayfield every <laughs> single year Mayfield. But can they make yeah. that jump where they start competing with those teams? That's the big question I have for Walton Verona going forward because they've established themselves right now in Northern Kentucky as a winning program. Sure. Yeah, and you know they win year in year out. They have these winning records almost every year, every single year. Jacob Gaines, good ball player. He popped up on the highlights a lot last year. But here's here's, here's another thing that you know I think because Walton didn't have football for so long, and and then it just comes out. It's kind of like we're talking about Pendleton County. No one really pays them no mind. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Um, then they start putting these winning seasons together, and it's like, hey, we're knocking on the door. We're here, right? Like you said, we're ready to push through. Um, Jeff is a tough-nosed coach. He's a very smart coach. He understands, you know, rules. He gets – I mean, obviously his dad was a ref, for Christ's sake. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of what they do down there. You know, they got a beautiful facility. Yep. You know, and, and coming up to play Newcath in that opening night, I just think that, man, I'll tell you, that's going to be a, a good – it'll be a it'll be a good barometer here for the, sure. for the team to – kind of see where they're at. I think there. we're seeing that with several teams here. I think we're seeing that with the Cooper Campbell game. That's a parameter game. I think seeing what Dixie's all about playing Cath is that kind of game. Simon Kenton yeah. Highlands is another Agreed. one of those games. And I think this is one of those games that I'm kind of circling like, okay, so, you know, you don't make separation in week one, but Walton Verona and Newcath, to me, some of those smaller school programs that just jump up every year. And Newcath has always been a play anyone, oh, yeah. play anywhere kind of program. That's different this year. Yeah. Their, their schedule, I believe, lost Cooper. I it believe did. they lost Campbell County. And Roger Bacon would have been a lot yeah. of fun to see them try to tackle Corey Kiner for it's four quarters. Sit, yeah. <laughs> but that's that's where we are. But Newcath, I've always admired that about Newcath. I've, I've admired that about Beachwood, that these programs, smaller schools, will jump up and play anybody. And I've, I, I think that's great because I can't tell you how many times we've seen Newcath go to the playoffs with around a 500 record and then they go to the state championship and everybody's like, well, well how did they do that? They're playing all the 6A, 5A. They're playing 5A and 6A Back in the day, 4A teams. Yeah. So I, I think that makes a huge difference. I wonder about quarterback situation in Newcat this year. Do we know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, do I don't think know. anybody knows. I think we'll find out again. We haven't seen scrimmages, so we'll find out week one. I was there last year when these two teams played. I think there was only 17 points scored total in the game. I would expect another low scoring game. Yeah. But maybe, surprise me. maybe Newcath has someone dynamic in their backfield we don't know about yet that might make some more plays. But I would expect a low-scoring game. I do like the fact that it's a Saturday night game. Yeah. It kind of stands alone a little bit. It's going to get a lot of media coverage. It will. It's going to be on TV, as you mentioned. And so it's going to get a lot of local TV wanting to go out there and see what these guys are about and put it on the news. So I think it's a good showcase game to put these guys in the spotlight and see what they're all about in week yeah. one. I've always asked coaches this. And I, I think it's really important to ask coaches, whether it's college football, whether it's high school basketball or high school football, how important it is to them, especially in a year without scrimmages, to go out week one, schedule somebody difficult, and see what you're made of, and find out what you got, because you're not going to find out what you do well or what you don't do well until you go out there and the bullets are live. So if you go out there and play someone who's really good week one, someone at your level who can challenge you, I think that would be invaluable for high school football. You know, and here's the other thing. This is, I think this is the thing that obviously we've not talked about, but everybody else is talking about. These kids have been in gear for three days. So it's Wednesday. They've been in gear, three practices. Yeah. And they won't be in gear tomorrow. Newcath probably will because they play Saturday, Walton. But it'll probably just be shells or... Helmets on Thursday, just doing a walkthrough. 
It's an interesting time. So the one thing I've seen through two weeks of high school football covering in Ohio and Indiana, I've seen a lot of kids cramping. I mean, more than I've ever seen before. I mean, literally after every single play, there's someone down there, the trainer's running out to stretch him out. Also a lot of pre-snap penalties. So we talked about this on a show, previous show somewhere. I worry about, because we've not had the normal acclimation period with, uh, you know, three, four weeks to prepare just with the gear and the mm-hmm. scrimmages and the flow of the game. I think it might be tough earlier on. Yep. You know, some of these games might be two and a half, three hours. And then you're really talking about cramps, dehydration, stuff like that with the kids. I think if you're an offensive lineman, yeah. you know, getting your first chance to start a varsity game, I mean, you're going to be out of your mind excited. You're on the offensive line and the quarterback goes, hut, hut. I mean, you're going to jump. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. I, I was at LaSalle St. X and LaSalle was down seven points in the fourth quarter and they had a pass down to the two yard line and they have a kid who's going to go to Alabama probably and play running back. So let's just hand him the ball and let him score. They go false start, false start, illegal formation on three consecutive plays. So they had the ball first and goal from the two. Now they're first and goal from the 17. They have to throw it at the end zone. They throw an interception. St. S goes on to win. Those are things that would probably not happen in a normal year. But when guys don't have time, don't have scrimmages, these things happen. And we're seeing it. But you know what? Everybody's in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think Scott and and Connor scrimmaged this weekend and just how the schedule worked out. So they get an extra week. You know, how how does that work out for them? And I think, you know, Connor, Connor doesn't usually play a week zero game anyway. Normal. I think they're a lot like Beachwood. They do it. They scrimmage each other there. So, I guess that kind of puts them normally on track or right on track for that, what they normally do. So, and it gives them an extra week. And look, you're the only one when you're the coach, yep. you're the only one that can really gauge that with your team, knowing what that's going to do. But, um, well, that wraps us up here. So Joe, anything from you? Yeah, I will say one thing. And the one thing I've noticed from going to high school games and talking to high school coaches, and I went out to Kings high school in Ohio this week they had their week one game canceled because of COVID. Yes. So they've only played one game. And I get the sense from watching teams play, and you're seeing this, you're seeing a lot of senior nights oh, yeah. on opening night. I like that idea, though. I think it's a great idea. And it's not just in done. football. I've seen it in soccer. I've seen it in volleyball. Get it out there. Let the kids have their moment because we don't know how long this is going to last. But the point I want to make is just seeing this for two weeks even if it's taken away from the high school kids, whether it's Ohio and Kentucky debuts this week, just giving them that, it's been worth it. It's been hard. It's been been a lot of meetings. It's been a lot of questions and head scratching and wondering and waiting. But just to give these kids the chance, even if they only get a couple of games in, is a massive difference maker for these guys. I can tell you just by watching games on Friday in Ohio, if it was taken from from them tomorrow, they would say it was worth it. You know, we didn't even get a chance to mention Lloyd. You know, you feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, their superintendent is in the seat. He's the responsible officer for that district. You know, he's going to do what he's got to do. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to choose sides on that. I feel bad for Coach Niederman. You know, he's got a nice team. Sneaky good program. Yeah, really good. Well, I think they've we, had a winning season nine you know, straight years. When Coach Turner was there, man, that, you know, they did a really good job. And, uh, you know, Kyle took that right over. Same, same thing. So, you know, you feel bad for the kids. You feel bad for people in the community. You know, I, I just, but, you know, it is what it is. I don't know what to say. But and with that being said, you know, the kids have worked hard. 
They followed protocols. The coaches have worked hard. They followed protocols. So when you're going out to a game, if you're one of those people that are lucky enough to get one of those limited tickets yeah. this weekend, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Follow <laughs> the protocols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't make the administration the have to be a bad guy there. You know, They're working think, hard and yeah, setting requirements. That's so. it. That's it. And from the beginning, everybody was like, look, I'll do whatever I can to watch my son play the football. Ah, right? So don't come up to the gate to, on Friday night being like, well, I ain't wearing that mask. I hate, like, I watched an 80-year-old man throw a fit at a Walmart because he didn't want to wear a mask to get in the store. And I'm like, bro, there's like four people out here handing masks out to guest and there's signs everywhere i mean signs we've been in this deal yep. for months and he literally threw a temper tantrum stomping his feet this 80 year old man i wanted to oh but yep. whatever you i'm hearing I mean. it from the pa almost every five minutes they're hopping on the pa yep. and saying just a reminder please everyone put your masks on and people sometimes take them down put yeah them back on yeah. but you know it's important that's just high school football in 2020 pa announcers reminding people Put your mask on. Because they don't have the concession stand. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we got hot dogs half off. Yep. <laughs> the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, that's the week one football show. Um, we really appreciate you guys listening. I assure you that we'll get better. Um, this is a, kind of a new a new deal for us. But, you know, to be honest with you, we just want to be able to cover, cover this season for these kids and kind of see how it goes. You know, they've had a long wait. It's been a long run. Uh, we're excited. We're all football guys. It's time for the return. So we're wishing everybody luck and a safe return Friday. Good health stretch. Bring the mustard packets and the pickle juice. So for Joe Daneman, Jeremy Ziegler, Steve Rohmeyer, we'll see you next week.